The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Our world is always so rush-rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Hi everyone and welcome to another show of Mind Radio. I'm really excited to have our next guest, which is Andy Hall. He is a public safety consultant, and our topic today is really important and near and dear to my heart, human trafficking happening right under our noses. We always think that these cases happen in Asia, but they actually happen here. Andy, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure for me to be here, Gabriella. Thank you for inviting me. It is such an important subject, and it's so important what you're doing to help these poor human beings that are basically kidnapped right under our noses. Is this correct? Well, in part, yes, and then there's a part of it that uh, we don't see, and that's kind of the coerced victim, the person who's kind of um, gradually coerced into this same life of slavery, if you will, the same life of indentured servitude, but without the drama that we're sort of used to seeing on TV. And I think that's, that's the piece where many of your listeners, if they really are attuned to what's going on, they make a big difference. Okay, so you're saying that we could help. First of all, tell me a little bit, how did you get into this? Because you have to be passionate about it. I was the, um, uh, the police chief in the city of Westminster, California. And for uh, your listeners who are familiar with the area, um, that includes a very large Vietnamese population. And, of okay. course, trafficking um, uh, is more prevalent in very poor countries, and much of Southeast Asia was very poor, um, especially after the war, the, the Vietnamese War. And so there's, been a, there's a high prevalence, of, uh, high prevalence of, of trafficking in that population. And we began to start um, actually getting calls from the community asking us to look more deeply into things uh, because the community was aware of people who were being mistreated, people were who were being held and you know, made to work um, as sort of indentured servants. And, uh, and the more we looked into it, the more we learned it actually was going on right there in Orange County, California, where none of us had expected to find it. And um, so that kind of became a mission and was to, uh, to get on top of that and take care of it. And were you initially surprised that this is happening like in a county right where you live? Are you not like all of us listeners thinking, nah, that can't happen here? Well, and here I've got, I'm just going to confess a certain amount of ignorance on, on my part because I too I had always envisioned, um, you know, uh, uh, cloaked uh, bad guys in the dark of night, uh, Singapore, you know, putting something, a bag over somebody and stealing them off in the trunk of a car. But that isn't actually how the vast majority of human trafficking occurs. 
the vast majority of human trafficking occurs in a much more subtle way than that, and it does occur right under our nose. And so I was very naive. I, I have probably passed up many um, episodes or, or events that might have been human trafficking events that I didn't recognize until I began to do this. So, um, yes, I, I was surprised because, um, like many people, I was kind of clueless. Uh, today I have a much better understanding, and that's what I'd love to share with your listeners because I think they'll get it once they hear it. Okay, tell us. Well, one of the things that we, we forget um, when we talk about human trafficking is um, how many people really get into this um, circumstance to a series of events, a very subtle series. And, and I'll, I'll do it this way. Say a, say a father in China has got yeah. a beautiful daughter, beautiful 16-year-old daughter. And if someone comes up to him and says, you know, your daughter's life in China, is, there's no future here, right? There's no future. She's, she's going to be poor. You're going to be poor. Everybody's going to be poor. But we do, we do have a way of getting her into the U.S. where she can serve as a, as a, as a waitress, a cocktail waitress. Um, mm-hmm. she'll, she'll keep her own salary, her hourly salary, but she'll have to give us her tips for a year. After a year, you know, she'll be free and clear, and you guys start having money coming into the family, and all will be good. You have to break some Chinese laws to do it. You have to break some U.S. laws to do it. But we can do this. So now a Chinese father thinking, oh, how do I change the course of history? You know, for my family, everybody's poor and this kind of stuff. So he, you know what I mean? He's not a bad guy at heart, but he kind of gets brought into a system, maybe with a good motive, but he's breaking rules to do it. Well, so then they get the girl over here and they say, Dad, we weren't able to do what we said we were going to do. We weren't able to put her into that, uh, that, that waitressing job. All we have is the uh, massage parlor, where she'd be, well, she'd be expected to do sex acts. Mm-hmm. And now you say to the daughter, the bad guy says to the daughter, Daughter, you know, you, you can go back to China if you want, but now your dad's going to have to answer to the Chinese authorities because he, um, he did kind of break the rules when he brought you over here in the first place, and we can't really take any responsibility for what's going to happen. Or your mom, when they go to prison, is just going to be... You know, if you insist on going home, I guess that's you have that right, but there'd be those consequences for your parents. And then on the other side, you know what I mean? So you can see how how, how coercive it becomes. Now she's thinking, oh, if I go back, my parents go to prison. Um, and, and the parents are thinking, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get in trouble, she'll be deported. So everybody's kind of um, coerced in this gradual way, but it's in, a, it's in a very effective way. Until one day, she's in a massage parlor, you know, doing sex acts paying off a bill, it'll take years for her to pay off because the, uh, the uh, person who has set it up is charging her for her room and her food and that kind of stuff. And um, it wasn't what they ever intended. But she has no way out. And he, he keeps all of her identification. He keeps all of her money. He keeps, you see what I mean? And so... Yeah. And then but, but, and, sorry and to make, interrupt you, but it's it, it sounds horrendous. Doesn't... Doesn't the girl know that she's coerced, though? That well, if she went, if she went back, there, there's no way for her to get back because she doesn't have money, right? It, it's it's the whole. It, it's very. Um, it's almost you know, It's hard to say. People who look at it say, "Well, why doesn't she?" Almost like the victim of domestic violence who say, "Why doesn't she just leave?" But the truth of the matter is, this young woman now, over a period of time, has been led to believe there is no alternative but. Father going to prison for a lifetime. Mother going to prison for a lifetime. She may be going to prison for a lifetime. Um, she doesn't know that she can uh, easily uh, or cry out for help, and uh, and believes that if she does, all these people that she loves will you know will be punished for it. And so, it's a um, it's an amazingly coercive form of subjugating people. And and for the trafficker, it it reduces risk dramatically. 
fact, there's a good chance that if that massage parlor gets, you know, bro- uh, the police go there and they, they arrest these people, she may lie to protect the trafficker because she may think, if I don't protect him, he's not going to be able to keep my parents out of trouble in China. So, so he actually can turn his victims into his protectors um, yeah. through this same lengthy, insidious process. And I think maybe the way that many readers or listeners will understand it is how, uh, when we talk about domestic violence, how domestic violence victims sometimes not only you know are, are their victims, but actually become protectors of their abusers simply because they live in a circumstance uh, that, that is almost beyond our comprehension. Yeah, and we're also afraid. It's it's actually interesting that you just mentioned that because. I had a young girl on my show 20 years later who had been kidnapped, and she says the same. At a certain point, you don't have the security, and the security becomes the person that captured you. They, they trust that person with their entire life, right? That's true, and that's exactly what you will see. Some of those young girls that are kidnapped, uh, you know, 10 years later, they don't walk away from the kidnapper's house. And people say, you know, they'll go to town, they'll buy something in return. And people say, I don't understand that. But you have to... I think really sometimes look at these things not through our eyes and the normal healthy lives that we lead, but through the very, very dark and scary and strange uh, twisted realities that these people have been living in. And um, and they don't have the benefit, you know, of seeing sort of the, um, the way out that we, this may seem obvious to us, but does not seem obvious to them when they're so deeply caught in that moment. But at the base of it, when it starts, for example, like you gave the example of China, you think that at the base, when they tell this to the parents that this girl is going to have a good life, they're basically lying, right? From day one. No, I think the traffickers are are lying very much. And I think one of the things that um, that, that the traffickers rely on, you may have heard this uh, term, I'm sure some of your listeners will, but but the parents have a little larceny in their heart, too. Uh, For example... Your child can have a better life. Um, we're going to have to break these rules to get there, but you don't mind doing that in order to, because then the child will be able to send money back. And so, you know, everybody's kind of on board a little bit with something that wasn't quite right to begin with. And mm-hmm. that, that little bit of complicity, that, um, that little bit of complicity on the part of everybody really gives the trafficker a tremendous amount of power. Uh, later on, because then the trafficker is able to say, Mom and Dad, you knew exactly what we were doing. We were breaking the laws. We were breaking immigration laws. This should come as no secret to you. And, and, and so they, they use that very effectively. And I would be honest, if I lived in a, in a country like that, and you said to me, Andrew, your 16-year-old daughter may have a way out of here, may have a way out of here, would you be willing to break a, some obscure abstract immigration law in order to help your daughter you know, make her way to freedom and safety? Well, you bet I would. You know, I'm, I'm going to consider that. And I think that almost any parent would. But we we almost can't imagine that because living here in the U.S., we're not poor in the sense of we have a certain freedom, we have a, a lot of privileges that these poor countries don't have. So it's almost hard. I mean, if these countries, and I know a lot of Asian people, when they hear America, to them it's freedom. So just the word America is already a... A godsend, if you you know, for their child to go to. It's not. It's not. It's not a deliberate. Um, you know, we're out looking for free health care. It's not that. It's not that advanced at all. It is simply no. my life here. I yeah. barely eat. I barely. I can barely survive. There's soldiers who come into town who bother my daughter anyway. Um, you, you know what I mean. I'm living day to day in fear. 
how do I get my child to know if she doesn't live day to day in fear? Yeah. And, and we know a relative in, in Chicago if we can only get her there. And so I think they're motivated at a much different level, like you say, than, than what yeah. we are. Yeah. But does this happen because the way we just presented this example case, would this also happen the other way around with European and American citizens that, so Western people that would go, for example, to Russia to be in a trade? Human trafficking goes both ways, doesn't it? It could. I, I, think, well, I, I think that there are examples of, um, you, I, oh, you'll, I'll find examples of human trafficking in all directions, um, and from all and from all different places. I think generally, the more um, the subjugated the, uh, classes of people are going to be, the people with the least amount of access to resources, um, and uh, you know, so the poor. But that can be poor people in the United States. It can be poor people in Europe. Poor people in you know, everywhere. In Asia, it could be, but I think you'll, you'll find more. It's the people who don't have resources and who don't have a, a way out, who don't have a way of thinking, um, you know, through things the way that you, know, mm-hmm. you and your listeners probably do. One of the things that um, also I think becomes very problematic, and it's one of the things that we struggle with in the law enforcement community, is let's take our Chinese example earlier. A lot of times when the police do get there and they do figure it out, and the first thought of everybody is, well, um, you know, you shouldn't have been doing these risky things. You, you hadn't been hanging out with these bad people. Um, and we tend to, this is, there's a tendency for us to see them as, then as less of a victim, perhaps, because they bought into this at some level. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's a very dangerous thing to do because um, it, we still have uh, this victim. She never agreed to be, um, to perform sex acts in, to, to, to come to America. It evolved into that. But do you see what I mean? It's, um, it, it, it happens coercively. And so um, one of the things the federal government's really been trying hard to do with this, uh, the grants that they did, and I, I think we talked about that the other day, they have funded grants across the country. Um, the, the grants are to help law enforcement agencies and social service agencies work together to better understand uh, mm-hmm. where people kind of are go from being... Um, participants or, uh, to where they really become victims and trying to help sort that through. Yeah, amazing. Um, let's go into a commercial break. This is very interesting, Andy. We'll, we'll be right back. Okay, thank you. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. 
Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. And for everyone who are just tuning in, we're talking about human trafficking happening right under our noses with our guest, Andy Hall. Andy, um, just before the break, we were talking about that it's happening right under our noses. But one of the things that I really would like you to make our listeners understand is there's a demand for the sex trade. I know that sounds terrible, but it's there. So what can we do about that? How can we truly eradicate human trafficking? Well, I think your point is very well taken. and I, I think the analogy that many people will understand, of course, is the drug trade. Now, if, if there weren't a demand for drugs, then there wouldn't be uh, you know, the need to supply them. We wouldn't have countries that were making a fortune off of supplying drugs because we wouldn't have the, the demand. And um, for years, we've been criticized as a country for um, always focusing on the guys that were demand, uh, you know, pr- providing it without really looking at ourselves critically on the demand side. And I think, but in this case, too, with human trafficking, we have the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of this, uh, the trafficking that we see, like you say, are the sex victims, the people working in the massage parlors, and there must be a demand for that. There must be a lot of you know, people going to the massage parlors and expecting sex um, for, for, those, uh, you know, for that to occur. I think we also look at, um, we see trafficking here in the U.S. occurring um, even in the agricultural uh, industries. We see um, many people from South America being brought up be put to work in agricultural capacities. Uh, we see um, uh, restaurants and people working in, in the back rooms of the you know, cleaning of the restaurants and the service industries like that. And, and, and all through there, you'll find that it's it's our desire as Americans for low cost. Um, you know, we want we want our lawns cut, we want our our massages, we want our um, our food served on time, and we don't really care who does the preparing of the food or how it gets done in the background. A lot of times. I caring about all those kind of things and um, then making a point of um, calling out those businesses that when, they, uh, when we find them and, and um, trying to 
trying to try to stop the demand because it's like you say, if there were no demand, there there wouldn't be a, a reason to provide them. But it's true slavery. I can't imagine making my money um, to pay the rent through someone's misery. I mean. That in itself seems, you, you know my show is all about human kindness. There is none in that. There, there's only money to have, be made off the back of someone who's going to be unhappy all their lives. It's like there's no, I, I almost want to say it's like there's no value, there's no worth in this human being except making money on them. It's, that's the way I look at it, no? No, I, I would say that uh, you, you, I love your heart, you know, because you express it. I'll express it like a policeman. You express it in such a beautifully sentimental way, but it's absolutely true. It's, it, it is, it's the pure exploitation of human beings. It's you're profiting, we're monetizing human beings, and profiting from the energy, the life they have left in them, and um, and, and we're that's exactly what we're doing. We're misusing people. It is probably the, the most, um, you know. Uh, horrific type of uh, other than you know, killing somebody but if you're going to do something to somebody in life a lifetime of of uh, being treated like a, a it's not unlike you know slavery in early America they, where they have a basically a, a, a value attached to them by the the life they have left in them the serviceable life they have left in them that's where their value comes and they're putting them to work to make us feel better to, to have you know, some kind of thing in front of us that we want, and you're right. It's a lifetime of toil and misery and mistreatment, um, and it's all done for you know, monetary purposes. It's horrific. It is, and, and we never seem to really know what's in the background, and, and the media doesn't bring it to us either. I mean, I've heard, just like you and just like our listeners, I've heard of, for example, slavery in the industry of, of clothing, right? Thousands and millions of young girls, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say, making T-shirts in, in China or Korea or in countries that I don't even know. Um, and, and we wear them, of course, because Walmart or any of these big conglomerates sell it to us. And we don't always know the background, where the coffee comes from and all that. And I don't believe that as a normal consumption that we need to know that. We, we can't, really. But sex trade is something else, even worse in the sense of the exploitation. Exploitation is everywhere. But when we use people in situations like that, and we do it in our country, and my question to you, and this is really a strange one, but how do they get into the country? I don't get that. Security Wait. seems so tight at the airports, in my opinion. Then, how do how does a Vietnamese young girl get in? Uh, it can be brought in a number of ways, and sometimes there'll be a temporary visa. Sometimes it'll be um, brought in, uh, you know, through another country. They'll be brought up through Mexico, uh, up through Central America. Is actually um, a, a very that's how a lot of the um, people are brought up through Central America. In fact, I think what you'll find is that most of the the majority of People being trafficked in uh, right now in this area are people from Central America um, and Asian countries, who, and they're brought through the Central Americas. Um, but I, I think that um, your, uh, your your points well taken. That um, one of the the things that makes sex trafficking, I think, so so uh, clearly offensive to you and to me and to everybody who listens to this, is that it's 
it's not just having someone do something like work on dishes or something, but it's 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 using them innately. It's mistreating their bodies. It's violating their bodies, their space, uh, and profiting off of uh, off of that. And that's one of the things that, um, for example, we had a case in Westminster where we found traffic victims. And this is a case, for example, where citizens brought the brought the matter to our attention. A neighbor noticed that an adjacent neighbor had about six mattresses uh, leaned up against the side of the garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd always noticed it was a kind of a funny house, and there were, you know, young people, lots of people coming and going. But the six mattresses against the side of the house struck him as odd. So uh, he, he called the police, and when we got there, which struck us as odd, too, and what we found out was that it was a residential brothel, which is where a lot, a lot of this occurs. It doesn't even occur at massage parlors, necessarily. It does occur at rented homes in in residential areas, residential brothels. And, um, and so, you know, a neighbor who happened to spot something that looked... Uh, out of the ordinary, called us and had us check into it. Uh, the other one I remember uh, telling you about is the um, there's an Egyptian girl in Irvine who was uh, her parents. Her parents actually knew what they were doing. They sold her uh, to a family to work as a servant. In fact, they sold the first child. The first child was lazy, so that child was returned, and then they provided the second one. Um, and uh, and that child was deliberately uh, put to work caring for a family uh, in Irvine. And uh, it was other neighbors of the condo complex that that, that noticed the one girl was dressed, dressed differently than the others. The other kids were all in um, name brand type stuff, and this, this girl wasn't. And she never seemed to be participating in the fun show. I seemed to be watching the other kids and cleaning up after them. And somebody, I think it was a teacher, mostly was concerned she wasn't in school, and uh, and called the police. What we found out it was in fact she'd been she'd been sold for the purpose of um, you know, being a a servant and a servant for this other family and um it's been doing it for years and wow, then that's, that's yeah, hard that's and and may i ask how old are we talking about what what age is a young oh, lady like that she was very young she was about 12 or 13 at the time 14. Oh my goodness. Uh, and, and she was put in charge of kids who weren't much younger than she was uh, but but it, you know her job was to in fact it, it, it's uh that, that particular case is just heartrending this this video of the family had celebrating a birthday, one of their own daughter's birthdays, um, and the birthday party going on, lots of kids over there for the birthday party, and as the film was going, you see this one little girl standing in the back, and she's dressed differently and kind of you know, quietly uh, keeping, you know, picking up things and putting things away, while all the other kids, just a few years different, are singing happy birthday and leaving their cake everywhere and having a joyous time. And it, um, it's, of course, the one girl... She's not allowed to participate. Her job is to keep the place picked up. Yeah. And, uh, amazing. Really amazing. We're talking about, uh, you just gave the case of a child. Are there any younger children that actually come into this country for the sex trade? You know, I, I suppose that there are, um, for the most part, uh, I suppose there are outliers. There certainly, I'm sure, uh, there are some, wherever there's a demand, there's going to be, as long as there's some crazy person who wants something bad enough, um, you know, it'll be provided by somebody. Uh, okay. That, for the most part, well, that isn't what we're seeing. We're seeing, but we're seeing adolescents, you know, young adolescents, um, being, um, you know, being brought here. And the, the other thing that I think a lot of times listeners don't always realize it can occur within the country. We might have, for example, people living in the poor part of one, you know, section of town or one area of the country, um, you know, being mistreated by others. Maybe the classic case there is you think of the young kids who end up on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, you know, trying to make it big in the entertainment industry and end up as street prostitutes up and down Hollywood Boulevard, that type of thing. It, it did, um, to the extent that 
that uh, there's somebody that's kind of uh, you know, coercing that or, or or managing that system that that uh, that uh, the misuse of the human being. That's trafficking. And what happens to these people once? I mean, I presume there's also boys involved. It, it can't only be women. It's both, right? It's absolutely. both sexes. Yes, so, absolutely. In fact, uh, from Central America, we see a lot of young men being used in the sex trade. See, because th that, of course, is truly new, because when I was young, I only heard about girls. But I'm, I'm certain that it's both sexes today, so I'm glad you confirmed that. But... What happens to them when they get sick, when something goes wrong? Do they get just discarded, left alone? Well, I think a lot of times they do. They get returned to, whether they become like any, any part that's not, or any, any commodity that's not functioning properly, they probably get returned. Uh, because if, it, if, it, if the, the girl's not able to, you know, to have sex so many times a day and she's not able to, to make money for the company, then she's a detriment. We, the, yeah. The company doesn't want to pay for her medical care and stuff. So then she, you know, that maybe one way that she gets out of it is because you know, she's contracted some disease or she's been injured by, by somebody or something like that. And then they would, and then they'll cut her loose um, because there's no value to them. But doesn't it cost, see, this is where I'm really worried about these human beings is if they're of no value to them, and they are ill or they have contracted a disease, is that not the moment that sending them back would... I'm, I'm, I'm just logically thinking here out loud. Isn't that what costs the company or that is doing this a lot of money to send her back? Well, I don't know if they actually bother to send her back or whether they just send her packing out the door. Um, she, she poses very little threat to them because remember, at this point now, they've coerced her into... This environment, and when she gets ready to leave, they say, "Now remember, you participated in all this. Look at all these people that you slept with. You know, it's shame if you go back home. It's shame, shame, shame on the family. Um, if the new, if, if if any word of this ever comes out, you'll go to prison. Your mom and dad will go to prison. Um, you're a worthless human being right now. So what you need to do is just be quiet, quietly get your way back home. If you need to go to a free clinic somewhere along the way, do it." but we don't ever expect to hear from you again. And a lot of those victims are going to do exactly that. They're going to believe that they are ashamed of their family, they have shamed themselves, um, that they are worthless human beings. By this point, they, they'll believe that. They'll, they'll absolutely believe that. And um, that they are of no value, and they will go out into the world and not speak up and just quietly um, cope and find their way back. And be immersed. Yeah, I can imagine that. We're going to have a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host, Jordan Kimmel, is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A. V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. And, Andy, it's so heart-wrenching question for question that I'm asking you. I almost feel bad asking it because human trafficking is really, it's, it's mind-boggling everything you tell me. So one of the things that I just tried to ask you during the commercial break, but I think my listeners are just as interested, is do you think that these people really pay the families? Because once the human being is in the Western world and making money, why would you pay the family? It's a very good question. And what we, what we find is that um, they probably do uh, pay them, and they, they don't pay them much, and then they... From what they pay them, they deduct for room, and they deduct for food, and they deduct for this, that, and the other thing, so that the person has very little money left in their pocket. But the reason for doing that, and it's clever, it's, very, it's, just, it's, a, it's a very clever strategy, is because it keeps that person complicit. It keeps that person engaged in or agreeing to the process somehow. So um, it's very difficult to actually you know, force somebody into physical um, you know, slavery without having to worry about them kicking out a window in the middle of the night and running off looking for help. But but if you can if you can get these people and, and coerce them in, into the circumstance and keep just enough money on the um, you know in front of them so that they don't they're not trying to break the door and get out and get away at night. Um, it's it's actually very it's a very very uh, uh, effective strategy of kind of reducing people to the least to their most base qualities and then just kind of barely feed them and keeping them along. But but it actually reduces re- resistance. And it reduces not like physical and active resistance, but then later on if they do get caught, these people are less likely to testify against them. Um, so this, I think that is a sound strategic purpose for, the, for that. It's, it's a very bad tactic, but what you say, it's, it's a strategy. And I... I kind of understand when you explain it that if you give a little bit, they kind of stay. And then they can actually send money home. Do they do that themselves, or does 
Does the company do that for them? No, I think they'll do it themselves. They'll, they'll, they'll wander off to the you know to a place for cash, you know, a place where they can transfer money back home, and they do. But a little left, left over, they have. They often transfer a lot of that what they can back home. But they can, the U- can the U.S. track that? The U.S. can. I don't know if the U.S. always knows what the source of it is. For example, money going back to the Philippines or money going back to Southeast Asia. It could, it could be from somebody who's working as a, a busboy or a waiter, and, and that wouldn't necessarily ring. It wouldn't be enough money to ring um, any kind of warning bells. Um, you know what I mean? So it'd be, it would be the, the, the... What they'll do is they'll be allowed to leave the house. So they'll, they, they'll leave the house, they'll go down there and send the money home just like as if they were a busboy that were legally here. Okay. So I don't, the, that part of it may be hard to pick up on. Yeah, true. I didn't think of that. There are many legal people in the U.S. that have small jobs that do send money home. Small amounts, so yeah, all the time. Gabrielle, you know, there is a, I want to, can I share with you a phone number? Yes, absolutely. The federal government um, has been trying over the past um, few years to organize in different parts of the country um, or or, or human trafficking task force. Um, I think they've got six or seven nationwide now. But they have one number. There's, there's a, a number that everybody in the U.S. can call. If they ever if they ever look across the street and they see the six mattresses and they don't know what to do, if they ever think they see something funny and they're too embarrassed to call their local police, um, there is a number they can call. And that number okay. is 1-888-3737-888. Yeah. I repeat that for you. So it's 888-3737-888. That's correct. Is that, that correct? That, that number is actually managed by the federal government, and that's a, a number that can be called in. What will happen is the caller will be routed to somebody who's trained to listen to the circumstance and to help discern whether something suspicious is, is occurring there. And if something suspicious is occurring there, that information will get relayed back to the local authorities um, in that area. And I think a lot of times uh, we are reluctant to call the, the police department. Now, I worked, you know, I was a police chief. I know my dispatchers, sometimes on a busy night, you call them for something, and they can be a little testy. You know, they can be, why do you think that's a crime? Why do you think that's a problem? If somebody's not sure about that, um, let's not drop the ball there. Let's just go ahead and pick up this 1-800 number. Call the 188 number and say, you know, I'm still concerned about something. I would like to have somebody look into it. And um, and that number um, is the number that's been provided for that very purpose. Okay. I will definitely put it on my social media so that everyone can have it. Um, one of the things I've always wondered about, too, is a little bit the other way around. So what if... All these cases that we meet, you know, uh, the kidnapping of young girls and young boys in North America that do go to the sex trade the opposite way, that go to Asia and that are totally lost to us. And I'm saying Asia, but honest, I don't think I should say that because you agree. I mean, you're the expert. It's worldwide, right? They would go anywhere in the world. Sure. In those cases, they'll go wherever the buyer is. Sure. And I I think... um you know, in the cases of those, those are those cases are few and far between compared to sort of what we've been talking about so far. But, but mm-hmm. then I think very much it'll, it'll turn on where the buyer is. And then in those cases, the buyer usually has some type of victim in mind. You know, what he's trying to acquire, or she is trying to acquire. And so um, it could be it could be the Soviet Union, the old it could be the it could be Europe, it could be wherever there's money. 
somebody who has something that they want to buy. Yeah, that's. I I used to live in Belgium, and um, I think the story went worldwide when. I think about six or seven young girls got kidnapped one after another within a year or two from each other. And each of these girls have been found through the sex trade, but unfortunately not alive. And I guess they were picked for, they were targeted for a reason. There was something about them um, that, you know, whoever had put that motion in the, pro- the process into motion, there's something about those girls that they wanted. Um, and it's, I think that's every parent's fear. You know, my teenage daughters, if you, or they're not teenagers now, if you tell me they wanted to go backpacking in, in Europe or someplace, you know, of course my greatest fear is that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we can't tell children either to be scared of every single human being, right? No, and, if, and them, you know, if they were even downtown in Los Angeles or in New York, they, the thing to do is to be aware of their surroundings and to stay in groups and, you know, and do all the things that, that we teach our children to do safely anyway. And, uh, yeah. and that, that tends to protect them as best as anything. Okay. What can we do for the listeners here? What can we do? I mean, I heard, I, I'm located in Iowa at the moment, and um, because I'm so interested in this, I was talking to a couple of people, and they were saying that at truck stops here in this state, that it happens, again, right under our noses, that people are kidnapped of all ages. I think that um, that's, that's a good question. So what do, you, what do we do? And I think one of the things that um, I'm going to count on the Internet to help us a little bit here because there's so much information available on the Internet today. And it, now that we've got people thinking maybe a little bit outside the box, if you think about meatpacking plants, if you're in the Midwest, maybe meatpacking plants. If uh, you're where agriculture um, you know, has to be picked by hand, think about okay. those places. Um, and if you look on the Department of Justice uh, website, so if you do Google human trafficking and then you look for any government-related website, um, and there'll even be some non-government ones that are very good too, but the government-related websites um, will have lots of links, lots of information, and we'll talk to you about, um, and we'll give lots of examples about restaurant workers in this portion of the country or meatpacking employees in this part of the country. And that will begin to get people maybe sort of uh, an idea regionally of what they're more likely to see in their area. Um, yeah. And that would help them. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That, that just, I think, because well, on the one hand, you know, we always think about the, the one, you know, maybe the Asian sex trade, but, but there's a lot of stuff happening in other areas. And where, where they live, that may be specific. And so there's a lot of good information on that at the Department of Justice website. Okay. Because one of the, the things, of course, is once a child or an adult leaves this country, the, the trail goes dead, I presume. Is that correct? So but we have to report it really early. Yeah. Oh, you mean once they leave, once the victim leaves this country? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, you're right. Absolutely. And, and if it's not handled here in the U.S., and that's actually part of the, one of the things that I would appeal to Americans to think about. Um, if we don't take care of it, however, whatever part of it occurs here in the U.S., even if they're just passing through the U.S., and what we want to do is make sure that um, from corner to corner, north to south, east to west, justice takes place in the U.S. And justice, protecting people from being hurt, um, and making sure that the rule of law uh, protects people. Uh, now, if they're passing from South America up to Canada, if they pass through the U.S., then the U.S. needs to be, uh, we should stop and protect them and and, um, and make sure that no one passing through our borders is, is treated like this. And uh, that means uh, looking at all these different types of places and areas 
the closest responsibility for it in our neighborhoods and our in our communities. But when do you need to be? When are we what I kind of call a tattletale? We can't literally walk around and say, "Oh my gosh, we see something funny." There's a foreigner. So when is it? Where do we have to look? You know, it, um, there's an old saying that um, uh, uh, to, to trust your instincts, but. Um, and your instincts are almost always right. There's a reason why you, you pick, if you saw a family of four and it didn't look right, that child doesn't look like it really belongs with that family. There's a reason why your, your brain takes you there. I mean, he may, the child may be dressed differently. Um, and you can call your local police and they may, um, not care at all or they may care a lot. I would say, um, if you really are not sure, then call. Because if, if there's, if there's something that strikes you as that unusual, um, it might make all the difference in the world. Think about, you know, the smart child or someone like that who's been kidnapped for years. The other thing is this, this 800 number, um, if you're, if you're embarrassed or you're not sure enough to call your local authorities, certainly the 800 number, the 88 number, um, is somebody who can, can, can help you. But I would, I don't know, I don't, there's enough times when you, we've seen enough things resolved because some citizen looked up and looked across the street and said, that just doesn't look right. And instead of saying, well, it must be nothing, let's go back to eating, the citizen said, that doesn't look right. Doggone it, I just got to tell somebody. And that may have made all the difference in the world. Absolutely. I, I agree totally. So for every listener, follow your gut instinct, and instead of being a bystander, become an active witness, and call that one eight 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 thirty seven thirty seven. 888 number. We're going into a commercial, Andy. Sorry about that. I'd rather talk to you. And we'll be right back, everyone. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A. 
V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and we're back with human trafficking happening right under our noses with Andy Hall, public safety consultant. Andy, one of the things that we just discussed during the commercial break is, is it the police or the government organizations catching this, the sex trade, and with other words, finding these women and these young men, or is it the citizens that do this? In, in all the cases that we've discussed today, and in fact, uh, that you and I discussed on the phone before today, and uh, even during the commercial breaks today, every, every case we've talked about was um, initially, the first call that brought it to the attention of authorities came from a citizen. Uh, some citizen who saw something that didn't seem right. Uh, this, this teacher's aide who, you know, reported something, or a neighbor who didn't see something that, or saw something that didn't seem right, all began that way. We do encourage citizens not to try to intervene. There have been citizens who actually have tried to form, you know, patrols or to, to, to actually intervene in the trafficking trade. We ask that they not do that, but that they uh, contact local authorities for that part of the intervention. But but I will tell you that every single case, uh, in my memory, uh, and that goes back quite a ways. I'm going to be an older fellow now. But uh, the, the most vast majority of the cases have come from citizen informants who saw something. And that, the, if you don't mind, I'll just take a second. You know, I want to go back to that that instinct thing. Um, the when something doesn't look right to you, there's a reason why it doesn't look right, um, and you, your conscious mind doesn't always know why. But but your subconscious mind, you're seeing something that doesn't seem right to you, and most of the time, it doesn't seem right because it's not right. And so I would encourage people to um, to trust their instincts. If they don't, you know, if that doesn't child doesn't really belong with that adult. Um, find out. Find out. Because the consequence of being wrong is so great. You know, if not doing something, the consequence can be so great. And really, if you're wrong, you're wrong, and no one's going to get hurt. But if you're right, oh, my gosh. You, know, you can save someone's life. You can save a life. So so I, I always weigh it in my mind that way. I think if, if, if I'm right, holy smokes. And sometimes they're right. Amazing. So, and they do have resources. We gave them the 800 number. If they're not sure what to do, that 800 number they can call. I think they will find that the local authorities are much more receptive to this. Like domestic violence, it took the police a while to get on board. But I think you'll find local authorities are much more in tune to this topic today than we were 20 years ago. Is this toll-free number a number where you can stay anonymous? And I'm asking that on purpose because I feel that a lot of people that report something don't always feel comfortable. You know, and uh, it was... No, so I haven't uh, checked it this morning, but it was when it was developed, it was certainly developed that way. Uh, we should double-check that for the website and add that to it. But, yes, it was developed that way We're for an anonymous report. Okay, super. So for everyone listening out there, you have the power to save someone's life and to pick up the ball of human kindness. Any gut instinct that Andy just told you, use it. Make that phone call to 888 37888. That's a really easy number. And you're going to find this number on, on the website of Voice America, and you're going to find it everywhere on my social media. Andy, is there one case, I think every case is heart-wrenching, of course it is, but is there one case that really stood out that you can talk about, of course without names, that kind of hits home this message to everyone that's listening? Well, I think I think the one that, that struck me most profoundly was the uh, young lady who, whose own parents sold her here um, in 
servitude into Irvine to be a, a domestic servant. Um, see, your parents, and they knew exactly what they were doing. They sold her, and she came here, and she worked as a servant to this Egyptian family until she she was um, somebody saw her by the pool. She didn't seem right. Everybody else, all the other kids were having fun. Anyway, they, you know, ultimately she went through the process, and um, that she was put in a foster family and lived here in Southern California. And then she became an adult, and uh, today she's um, uh, taking courses in the uh, criminal justice program uh, at the community college, and she's going to be a police officer. Oh, and, my goodness. That's so good. And, and that's probably one of the most profound cases in full circle. And she's, she's got a purpose. You know, she wants to protect people. And she, um, and that's, so I think you, you've taken, you took the victim and you turned the victim into a protector. And uh, she, oh, she's a smart young lady out of a lifetime of a career in law enforcement. She's going to protect a lot of people. So um, I think that's probably, in my mind, the, the one that's the most profound. It's a, it's a turnaround, I guess, uh, of that case. That's amazing because I would have thought, see, I never knew that. I thought that most kids were returned to the parents and then the whole process starts all over again. See, she wasn't returned to the parents, of course, because of what happened, and um, she went to foster care here. By the way, the, uh, the federal government does have programs, so the trafficking victims don't necessarily, even the ones who have been complicit, even the massage parlor girls, or even people who have been complicit, if they've only been kind of victim complicit, if they haven't been active builders of the business, but mm-hmm. they've been just kind of passive um, victim uh, you know, complicitous. There's, there are programs to identify that and protect them nonetheless. And, um, uh, and, and of course, in this case, she was a complete victim. But she went to foster care, came back out, uh, got pulled with a really nice Southern California family, and, and today she's on her way to become a police officer. I, I think that's amazing. I'm really glad you told us what she's become. Because Very remarkable young lady. It, it makes it more real for us, and it makes it also much more notable to say, see, we can save a life. Yeah, and then one particularly, you know, Gabriella, because I have no doubt, this, this, she's, a, she's a very um, sharp young lady. She, she's a year in, I mean, a career in police work. She's going to do a lot of life-saving. By the time she gets done, she'll, she'll have certainly made the world a better place. So it's, it's, Amazing. It's Fantastic. Andy, I'm so glad you came on to our show, and I'm so glad you bring this subject home for people. I know it's not a comfortable subject to talk about, but again, for everyone, it's really important that we have systems out there. And please, uh, we'll put up a link on the government's website that Andy just talked about. On Voice America, we're putting Andy's email. He's been kind enough to, um, if you have any questions or any cases that you're concerned about and you do not dare to make the phone call, then you can also email Andy. Anything else you want to add as a closing, Andy? Feel free. The only thing, and I want to thank you, Gabriel. There's no, there's, no, um, there's no doubt that shows like this, what you're doing right now, do make a difference. And it, it's the, the conveyance of information, getting information to people. I don't have a way of doing that except for someone like you. So, so you do make a huge difference, and thank you for what you're doing. Also, your listeners, the ones who care enough to listen to the show, to try to make the world a little bit better place, they do. I think, I think we really have to. Yeah, we have to make the world a better place. But your work is so important. I'm, I'm really impressed. And again, listeners, this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart because I was adopted, and we didn't discuss this, Andy, but like a lot of children, 
you know, we think we're going to a good home and sometimes we never arrive at destination. That is something that can happen too. So it's not only parents selling, you know, to the sex trade. Sometimes they think their children are going to be adopted by a family in the Western world and that's going to make that child uh, live in a better place. So again, guys, thank you very much, everyone. I'm going to repeat the number one more time. one 888 37 888 Thank you, Andy. You're welcome. Your thank you. Fantastic work. Happy to be here. Thank you. Bye, everyone, and we'll be, be, be next week, Friday, back with Might Radio. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.